Good morning, everyone. Thank you for bearing with us as we got the technology to work with uh, what we have going on this morning, which is a little bit different from our uh, normal forum um, because I get to talk about my trip to Antarctica a little bit. Uh, many of you have asked to see pictures and whatnot, and so um, I. Uh, I'm trying to oblige. Apologies for those who are listening to the podcast. You'll just have to dream of uh, icebergs and snow and amazing landscapes and animals. So let's open with a quick prayer. This one is a prayer for the knowledge of God's creation. The Lord be with you. Also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you made the universe with all its marvelous order its atoms, worlds, and galaxies, and the infinite complexity of your living creatures. Grant that as we probe the mysteries of your creation, we may come to know you more truly and more surely fulfill all our role in your eternal purpose. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So if you know anything about me, you know that I love to travel. It's kind of what uh, we do. Uh, me and my family, and we come by it honestly. Um, if uh, you um, were here at our first forum, you may have heard a little bit about my story, and I'm not going to repeat it all. You can listen to that one on the podcast, I believe. Um, but it all started way back when my kids were very small. Um, and, you know, when you have young kids, you do things like go to Disney World and go to grandma's house and hope that grandma watches the kids so maybe you can have, you know, a dinner with your spouse. Um, and um, in uh, the summer of 2010, um, my husband was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Um, and so that Thanksgiving, which would have been kind of the first uh, break, we decided that we would go off to the Pacific Northwest um, together and kind of use the time that we had together to make memories, as many memories as we could. And so we headed off. The boys are very small now. The little one is celebrating his 20th birthday today. So he is much larger now, I assure you. Happy birthday, Max. Um, and so we went and we traveled and we saw and we did. And um, just uh, under two years from his diagnosis, my husband passed away uh, from um, pancreatic cancer. Um, and so that Thanksgiving, we, we did cold the first year, we did warm the next year, and that next Thanksgiving after he died, um, I was faced with, well, what do we do? Is that over now? Did we kind of do that? Um, and I decided that we would um, continue the tradition because my husband and I always thought it was important to show the boys the world. Um, and so I decided for some reason, let's take this a little bit farther. And we ended up in Iceland. <laughs> and there they are, Max is a little bit bigger there. Um, and we spent our Thanksgiving break in Iceland that year. And we continued this alternating of warm, cold, warm, cold, um, until it really got to be the point where Thanksgiving break just doesn't give you enough days to do what you want to do. And so we switched to spring break. And then we've had a couple summer vacations 
in there, but we've been all over the place at this point. Um, and so, of course, naturally, uh, what comes next? Um, I had the unique opportunity to, um, and surprise, because this wasn't really planned until uh, kind of, you know how you have those moments when the stars align around something? The stars really aligned around this, and we had the opportunity all of a sudden to go to Antarctica. And gosh, if you have the opportunity to go to Antarctica, you say yes. If at all possible, you say yes. So we started out, we made, we started our journey. I preached here at the 10 o'clock on New Year's Eve. Um, and the boys and I right after literally throwing off uh, my collar and, and my robes and putting on some leggings and heading to JFK for our flight down to Buenos Aires. Uh, kind of in there-ish. And then from Buenos Aires, we went down to that little blue dot um, at the very, very bottom um, of uh, South America. Um, and it's a town called um, Ushuaia, or Ushuaia, um, which is um, at the bottom of Argentina. It's the southernmost city in the world. And they are super lucky because um, they get to sit in the middle of Tierra del Fuego National Park, which is just stunningly beautiful and amazing. Um, so the minute you walk outside, kind of reminds me, I guess, of Roanoke a little bit in the sense that you walk outside the door and the mountains are around you. These are a little bit higher than the Appalachians, but. Um, and so we went down there and we were there uh, for a day or so. And um, you see those big ships there. The one on the left, the far left is called the World. It's actually floating apartments. People own these apartments and uh, float around the world for however long they want. And they were there a little bit. And another one of the ships that's there. And see that little red ship heading into harbor right now? That was our ship. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to go see the morning of uh, disembarkation, embarkation, there you go. Um, we got to head to uh, um, see a little bit of Tierra del Fuego. Max, much, much bigger now as you can see. He's the tall one um, and his brother Cole um, on his side. Um, and it was really neat. So that's actually um, the tip of Chile um, in the background um, and um, just a little bit of the park around us um, that we got to see. Um, just not far from there is the southernmost post office uh, in the world and you can buy postcards there. It had a long line. We did not stay. Uh, but um, it was neat to get to see a little bit of the park that everybody raves about and it's absolutely worth it to see. So then uh, we made our way and hopped on to this little red ship. Um, so the ship uh, is a former, uh, it's a over 50 year old former car ferry from the Balkans and they've made it into an expedition ship. So, um, which is wonderful because it's really all you need. There are fancier cruises. I'm sure they're fantastic. This is what we did and it was great. Um, we had experts telling us about everything and great meals and a place to lay our heads, as you will see, three of us in a, uh, in a um, cabin. Um, we were unpacking there. It did not look like that the whole time. Perhaps it was worse. Uh, but um, yep, that's uh, kind of where we laid our heads for the next 10 nights as we made our way to Antarctica and back. 
And there's Max on the bow of the ship. Um, and uh, we made our way. You have to start by uh, making your way through the Beagle Channel. Um, and then you hang a right um, at the end of the continent and make your way across the Drake Passage to go to uh, Antarctica. And this is, this was about mm, somewhere between 11 o'clock and midnight, um, just as we were leaving uh, the end of the Beagle Channel and making our turn to go south. Um, and that's the last dark we saw until we got back, because of course it's summertime in the uh, southern um, hemisphere. It's summertime in the southern hemisphere. Um, and, um, and so, especially the further you get south, it's just light all the time. We had people on our ship from all over the world. It was super, super cool um, because we're all kind of in search of the same thing, in search of adventure, um, in search of um, the seventh continent for some, um, just six for me and Cole. Um, and um, so we got to know, we were the only New York City people apparently, um, but lots of people from all over the place that we got to know and meet and do amazing things with. And so, um, let's see, is the sound up on this? Let's see. Yep, it is. Good morning, Antarctica. So we made our first landing, and, um, and uh, which was at Deception Island, which is a former whaling camp, not interesting enough for pictures um, in the time that we have. But then the next morning we woke up and this is what we saw. And this was truly our first landing on the continent itself in uh, Nico Bay. And absolutely just amazing. One of the things you see all the glaciers around there and you could stand on the deck and here you just hear these booms and it was the calving of the glaciers and splits in the crevasses separating and things like that um, and you just you are in awe in awe of the wonder of God's creation standing there it's just and the lack of humanity and the lack of humanity um, truly was amazing to be in a place that we don't control we are guests in um, yeah. So what was the temperature? Um, temperature most days hovered right above around freezing. So like between one and four, I think maybe one day we had seven, we were up a little bit higher. Um, yeah. Summer. Huh? Yeah, Celsius. it is. And it's early summer still too. So, um, yeah, Celsius. So uh, there were a couple ways that we got to go onto the continent, um, but every time we did, um, we would have to go into the mudroom and suit up. So you wear your base layers, you wear your mid layers, and then you put your waterproof pants and your expedition jacket. You'll see these red jackets all over the place. I think it's so they know exactly where we all are at all times, because um, it contrasts with the landscape really nicely. Um, and then your life jacket, and so you've got everything you need. Um, because of avian flu restrictions, they're very, very um, specific about what you can do, where you can go. You can't uh, kneel down or touch the ground at all. Everything that touches the ground has to be disinfected um, because we are the pathogens. We bring the pathogens in that place. And so um, you want to keep a place like Antarctica um, the way it is right? As long as possible. One of the last wild places on earth. 
And then we would hop in these um, rubber uh, Zodiac boats, they call them, um, and they would take us on to wherever we were going. So as I said, three things. One, we would do landings themselves. Two, we would um, just cruise around in the Zodiacs, depending on where we were. If it wasn't a place we could land, or three, sometimes it was we were on the ship and standing out um, outside looking around to see um, what was going on. So here's our first landing, little red ship in the corner for scale, and, and there's us. Made it to Antarctica, all smiles and sunglasses, because even though the sun wasn't out for most of it, it's just so bright. And Max, as I said, uh, celebrating his 20th birthday, that was his seventh continent. He is ahead of Cole and me by one. And gosh, that's really a darn lucky kid. <laughs> um, so uh, this is one of the days we went cruising uh, through the Le Maire Channel, um, which is a famous passage. And it was really interesting to kind of see that we were on the boat um, in the brash ice. This is all like the little bits of ice that are um, fall off of icebergs. Um, and we were navigating through that little spot in the middle there, um, which is kind of crazy to think about, but it's one of the nice things about having a smaller ship is that um, we could go places that um, bigger ships could not. And it was spectacular. I mean, just, you know, the water is calm, um, the air is crisp um, and, and just absolutely beautiful. It really, um, I think one of the things that was meaningful to me was the scale of the place, um, that we were so insignificant um, in comparison um, and being able to see that, yeah. Uh, this is a really cool video. I'm told um, a friend who's a meteorologist was like, wait a minute, what is that? Uh, it's actually an avalanche um, that was falling into the water. And, and so I'll, I'll play it. Um, and so it came from up high on the glacier and kind of came down to the second part. And it's just like going into the water as we're um, cruising by. And there were maybe three of us out there on this side of the ship who saw it. And that's kind of what Antarctica is like. Like you, you want to keep your eyes open the whole time. Otherwise, you're going to miss things. Um, one of the women on our voyage um, was up at 4 a.m. and got to see breaching whales. Nobody else saw these whales unless you were up at four in the morning. Um, but she's got some amazing pictures because she didn't want to miss it. Um, so that's, and um, as you, uh, this is just a close up. I've got better iceberg pictures than this, but I wanted to show you because one of the things they talk about, um, and if you know anything about the Titanic, um, for icebergs, 20% um, of the iceberg is what you see. And so it's 80% that's below the water, um, which you can see a little bit of that here, um, which is amazing if you think about this. I didn't put the picture in, but we saw icebergs, parts of the ice sheet that, have, that had broken off that were larger than the city block we're on right now. And so to think that that was 20% and it was the 80% that was keeping it ballasted in the water, um, yeah, we are insignificant. Yeah, so we'd go Zodiac cruising, right? And and um, this day was the day of the catabatic winds, but it also was a day that we were like Zodiacing around a garden of icebergs. Um, 
and it's just you know all of these pieces come off of the ice shelf um, and make their way up here and get beached they get uh, eroded by the wind and the waves if they lose a piece they flip over all of a sudden um, as they try to find their balance once again um, it's astounding to see it i think i've got a close-up of, of the arch um right right Nobody had anything to do with it. No, no human had anything to do with it. Well, I mean, yes, we do in the sense that, you know, there's global climate change and that affects it. But no, that's that is um, the beauty of nature. Yeah. Um, and you can see here, I mean, that's these were all first of all, these were all taken on an iPhone. Um, I did not take a big camera, um, but you see the blue? I mean, that's um, the ice gets compressed over time, and all the um, air bubbles, I think, get compressed out of it, and you end up with this just amazing, amazing ice. Um, it like doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it's so wildlife. We saw lots and lots of wildlife while we're there too. A million and two birds. We saw uh, Weddell um, and crab eater, crabby seals, they call them. Here's one of them kind of hanging out. Um, we saw whales, of course, a pod, a whole pod of, of killer whales traveling together. What's really funny is that there's an adult male on the left with the really tall dorsal fin, and they're um, killer whales. They're not, technically they are killer whales, not orcas, the whaleologist told us. Um, uh, they're a matrilineal. Um, group and so he is with his mother and his sisters and he will always stay with them um, and so um, yeah just kind of neat to think about that's that's why the killer whales society works so well it's a matrilineal society <laughs> what was funny is about this is they were kind of um, transiting doing their thing completely unbothered and over on the side here there's a humpback whale and he is not happy that the um, killer whales are passing through and he's just trumpeting and making noise and whatnot and the killer whales are like whatever dude whatever <laughs> so it's amazing to think of uh, the water here is really cold on the other side of the uh, antarctic convergence the temperature drops and it's the continent that controls the water not the rest of the southern ocean um, but it, it's so rich the animals are adapted to be in um, this type of uh, cold environment. Um, and so this is neat. This is um, a, a humpback whale uh, that they bubble feed. And so you see that circle in the middle? They, um, it's, they create this bubble net to concentrate the um, krill and um, to make it easier for them to scoop up the amounts. Um, and um, it's, it was just really neat to see because a lot of people you know, don't get to see um, that feeding pattern. Um, and then I think they're gonna come up, yeah, there they are. Um, and mothers with calves and all kinds. It was, it was really cool. And of course, we saw all the penguins one can see. Um, we saw three different types of penguins. We saw Adelis, those are the ones on the left, oh, the left. 
um, with the striking blue eyes. And that one is sitting on a chick, if you can see. That gray ball of fluff is its chick. We saw um, gentoos, which are the ones with the orange beaks and the funny marking above their eye. And then we saw chin straps, um, which are called so because they have that little line right there that looks like they're wearing a helmet with a chin strap. Um, it's funny. So these three um, penguins, for the most part, don't live in the same place. Every now and then, you'll see one. I was looking to see if that's a, a, a gentoo in with the Adelis. Um, we saw one colony where they were together. But the, um, the chin straps live the furthest north. Uh, the gentoos live in the middle. And the Adelis live further south. So they have kind of independent areas where they are. Um, Emperor penguins live way in the continent. That, that was not the trip we were on. Um, and you have to hike to go see them if you're lucky. Um, there are also king penguins. We did not get to see those. Sometimes you see a random king. Um, but um, they're uh, just really amazing. Um, lots and lots of penguins. Let me find the, the penguin video. So. Penguins like to roost up high, um, nest up high, and then they create what are what we call penguin highways. And then they take these highways down to the beach um, so they can go in the water to clean themselves, to fish. And I mean, it just... <laughs> It's so easy to anthropomorphize them as they're like, yeah, you know, they, walking along. Um, I, I, we have no idea. <laughs> I had another video. The other thing that, um, that I didn't put in, um, which was uh, penguins and pebbles giving, putting pe pebbles on the nest, and they go and they take one from somebody else's nest. <laughs> they present it to their partner, drop it in the nest, and and the other one comes and gets a pebble from there. It's yeah, penguins and pebbles, a whole thing. That's one of my favorite pictures from uh, from the trip. Just kind of penguins hanging out. Um, let's see, I think this one, this is us. It's a short video, but um, to me, being in Antarctica was being able to be in nature and be close to God and God's creation. Um, I, I, we've had the opportunity to um, travel all over and see God's people all over and um, see amazing places too. Um, and so this to me um, was Sabbath, um, to be able to restore um, and connect um, with God's creation. Um, and, and, and that's one of the reasons you say yes to Antarctica if you have the chance to go. Um, that for me, I will play it for you again. Oops. Um, if I can, I don't know if I can, there we go. Just quiet and still and being in nature, it was profound. It really was profound. Yeah. We also got to do some fun stuff too. The boys went camping, crazy. I stayed on the ship in the warm bed. Um, but it was really cool because um, a, bunch of humpback whales were all around the island, like keeping them up a bunch of the night, feeding and whatnot, so it was neat. Um, and we did some crazy stuff too. So the water this day, so this, is, this is a true polar plunge. Y'all talk about the polar bear plunge. No, 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 this is it right here. Uh, the water this day, um, the captain wrote in the log, a true and proper plunge, one degree Celsius. Wow. One degree Celsius. Wow. Wow. 
And because you're in the room, you get to see a picture of your associate rector in her swimsuit. <laughs> I wasn't going to do it. And I got to tell you, when you're in Antarctica, you just say yes, right? You just say yes. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> right, exactly. And, I, and there were 127 people on the ship, and I think 120 jumps. So, I mean, it didn't matter what age you were. They had the doctor downstairs, <laughs> just in case. I mean, you saw they have a, a oops, they have a, um, a rope tied to us um, because to help you, because the moment you jump in, you start, right, my hands and feet were like, what is this? And scrambling to get out. Whereas Max was like, I wanted to stay in and swim around. So um, this was our route. Um, you can see we left from Argentina um, on the upper left there and traveled to the uh, Antarctic Peninsula and kind of traveled all over there, lots of stops and whatnot. Um, and um, just an amazing time. We didn't cross the Antarctic Circle. That's a longer voyage. I wanted to get back to you all, um, but um, it was, it truly was uh, the trip of a lifetime. But then we had to get back. The other thing about uh, getting to Antarctica is um, you've got to cross the Drake Passage, as I said, which is notoriously bad. We had a wonderful um, crossing on the way there. We got lucky. We made up time. So we had an extra um, landing um, on our first day. Um, but then uh, it was funny. We were doing some last day stuff. And it was all of a sudden, like the whole demeanor of the ship changed, uh, of the crew changed. And they were like, all right, it's time to go back. <laughs> And that's because this was coming. And um, uh, that's a wind chart. Um, and so Antarctica, here's the tip of the peninsula. And up there where the 42K is, is uh, the tip of um, Argentina. Um, and we had to cross um, through the purple. And so um, the captain, um, first of all, uh, the ship's doctor was there with a stock of uh, um, uh, seasick of seasickness meds, exactly, of all kinds of, of seasickness meds. Um, you know, get ready to take these before dinner. Um, and um, the captain, and they give you little wedge pillows so that to put under your mattress so you don't roll out of bed. Um, and the captain said at midnight, we, we need to get going because at midnight it's going to be bad. Um, and it was. I mean, we were we went to bed. That's what everybody did. Um, and thankfully, the anti-nausea medicine also makes you drowsy, which helps that. Um, here's the 11 o'clock video. Um, it was worse at midnight, um, but we rocked and rolled our way back a little bit, kind of a, a moderate, um, the captain said, Drake. Um, and because it was nighttime and we were mostly sleeping, and you just kind of roll with it literally. Yeah. So I think that's about it, actually. Um, that is. <laughs> Sabbath is important. It is one of the things that allows us to um, do what we do in community. And so I was grateful to Zach for giving me the time to um, have this experience. And thank you to all of you for following along. God bless. Thank you.